Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Take your Bibles, if you would, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And 1 Corinthians chapter 11 will be in today. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse, or chapter number 11. Communion is is more, it should be more than just a, a 10 minute tack on to at some point in the service. And today, really we've designed the entire service around the Lord's table, singing about the body and the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross. This is where the church comes to grips with its purity. Communion, again, is not just something that we just add. There's a purpose to it. And today I want to dedicate this entire service to observing the Lord's table or communion. And the Lord said this, this do in remembrance of me. Look with me, if you would please, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, in verse number 24 and in verse number 25, as Paul is, is teaching the church at Corinth about the Lord's table. Verse number 24 and verse number 25, both we find this do in remembrance of me. We come to this place, this time, each time we come to Lord's table to remember what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for us. To take the bread and take the cup and he says, show forth my death till I come. This is how we show the world the body that was broken, the blood that was shed. We celebrate the cross and the resurrection of our Savior. You know, the early church did this, and they did it so often. It was so important to them. The Bible doesn't tell us how often that we ought to do this. Some believe, if you study the New Testament church, that they came together and they would do this daily as the church met. In some cases, churches do it each time they meet. Others, they do it, uh, you know, every so often. We, we try to do it once a month or once every six weeks or so. There is no pattern. There is no absolute. We just know that when we come together, when we do this, we do this to remember what Jesus Christ did upon the cross. And what is the importance of this? The Lord left for the church two ordinances. He left baptism. Once a person is saved, they are baptized. And as they're baptized, they're immersed in water. And that it shows the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Baptism doesn't save a person. It's just a public show of what that person has done privately in their heart. The second ordinance that the Lord left the church is communion or the Lord's table, Lord's supper. What is intended to do for us? What, why do we do this? And what is intended uh, to do for us by doing this? In 1 Corinthians 10, 11, it contains the features. It contains instructions that we need to understand when we come to the Lord's table. There's 
warnings that are given. There's celebrations that should be had. There's warnings that we ought to, to consider. But the first thing that we see, I want you to look with me in verse number 25 and in verse number 26. After the same manner also, he took the cup. Chapter 11, when he had supped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. In verse number 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show, you do show or you celebrate the Lord's death till he comes. This is why we do this. We remember the saving work of Christ on the cross. I pray, church, we never get tired of hearing of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Church is not about entertaining us. It's about Jesus Christ. Christianity is not about what do I get and how much can I get. Christianity is about realizing that we are sinners, that Jesus Christ went to the cross. He shed his blood as the payment for our sin debt. And we celebrate that we have a savior, Jesus Christ. He went to the cross. We remember the saving work of Christ on the cross. We remember as we come to days like today, as we look at the Lord's table, communion, we remember Christ's sacrifice for sin. The Bible tells us that you and I, we were dead in trespasses and sin. There was nothing that you and I could do to earn heaven. You can't be good enough. You can't give enough. You can't join enough churches. You can't be baptized enough. There's nothing that you and I could do. So when we come to the Lord's table, we remember Christ's sacrifice for our sin. When Christ shed his blood upon the cross, his sacrifice was sufficient payment for our sin debt. Meaning this, there's nothing more that God requires. Nothing more. The only way, this is the only way that you and I can be delivered from our sin is through Jesus Christ. We celebrate that today. This is not a religious exercise that we do. We are recognizing and remembering that it is because of the cross we have forgiveness and deliverance from our sin. We, today, we remember his payment Remember his payment of the penalty of sin and the forgiveness of our sin. It is his death for our life. Do you realize this? Without the cross of Jesus Christ, we would literally live here on this earth and die and spend eternity in hell without Jesus Christ. But because of the cross of Calvary, Every sin has been paid for. Because of the cross of Calvary, the penalty of sin that you and I owe has been paid for. If we were to stand before a judge, if we had committed a crime, we stood before a judge and all the evidence was laid out before that judge and we would stand there guilty of what our charge would be we would have to pay that price. You and I are guilty. You and I are sinners. But Jesus Christ went to the cross. He shed his blood. He paid our sin debt so that we could be redeemed and reconciled back to God. His death 
for my life. And so we remember the saving work of Christ. The saving work, the cross, it was a crushing blow to Satan. Satan, who has done everything that he possibly can, anything that God blesses, Satan seeks to destroy. God made mankind and Satan sought to destroy mankind. But because of the cross, Satan was crushed. It deprived hell of all the power that it had over a sinful mankind. Hell has no authority over those that have trusted Jesus Christ as their savior. Satan has no authority over those who have trusted Jesus Christ as their savior. And we're reminded of that today as we come to the Lord's table. We remember the Lord's death. The bread reminds us of his body that was broken and bruised. His body that was beaten. I'm often reminded in my heart, I was just sitting here this morning as we were going through our prayer time and just thinking about my notes and thinking about the events of Jesus with his disciples as they partook in the, this, this last supper and then they went to the Mount of Olives. And I can't help every time I read these passages of scriptures, remember being there walking on these roads and being in the Mount of Olives and just being in this place. They bring you to a room. I don't know if it's the exact room or not, but I know there was a place there in Jerusalem where they sat where Jesus, knowing that he was going to be beaten and bruised, Jesus, knowing that his body was going to be bruised and broken for us, washed his disciples' feet, broke bread and gave her the cup, knowing that there was one there that was going to to, uh, uh, betray him, knowing of the pain and the suffering that he was going to cause, knowing that there were going to be some that would come and, and, and beat his face and pluck his beard and, and whip his back, knowing that there was going to be some that would spit upon him, knowing that there would be some that would mock him, scourge him, but be willing to go through all of that so that you and I could be redeemed. This is what we remember today. The cup reminds us of his blood that was shed. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Jesus Christ, his precious, holy, sinless blood was placed upon that mercy seat in heaven. And it was sufficient payment for our sin debt. We remember his saving work on the cross. We remember the marvelous work by which our salvation was purchased. This is what we remember. This is what we come to. This is who we worship. This is who we praise. This is who we sing of. This is who we live for because without Jesus Christ, There is no forgiveness. There is no payment for our sin. In church, our response today should be thanks, praise, humility, and worship.
I thoroughly enjoyed singing this morning and I pray you did as well. We're not singing some ritual songs. We're not singing of some dead savior. We're not singing of some idol. We are singing to the King of Kings in the Lord of Lords. We are singing to our Redeemer. We are singing to our Savior. We are singing to our Lord, the risen King. Secondly, I believe this as we come to the Lord's table this morning. Why do we do this? One, it's to recognize what he did on the cross. Also, it's here for us to share our common communion with Christ. Look with me in chapter number 10, if you would, please. Chapter 10 in verse number 16. Paul is instructing and writing in chapter 10 and in chapter 11, but he says in verse number 16, the cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, and we are all partakers of that one bread. We come together to share in the common communion with Christ. There is a real communion here. You know, there are so many all over this world that worship gods that they have no communion with. There are so many that, that spend their entire life never having true, real communion. But oh, my friend, we each and every day, we can commune with our Savior. We spend time with him in his word. He speaks to us and we can speak to him. This is not what some, some religions teach, transubstantiation, meaning where the body or the, the bread actually becomes the body of Christ and the juice actually becomes the, the blood of Jesus Christ. We don't believe that to be the case. There's no magic. There's no hocus pocus. The cracker that we eat today is a cracker. It just it reminds us of the body of Jesus Christ. The juice that we'll take today, it's just juice. Nothing magical happens as we pray. There, there are some, some religions, uh, they believe in this, consubstantiation, meaning a spiritual body or spiritual blood. I, I'm not quite even sure what that even means, but it doesn't become, it, it, it just, it's an opportunity for us to remember what Jesus did and we commune with him. We truly commune with Christ through prayer. We commune through Christ through worship. Today, as we sang the songs of the blood of Jesus Christ, we were communing with Christ. As we lifted our, our, our voices in prayer today, we were communing with Christ and we celebrate in the shared life of Christ. We have life because of Jesus Christ. We have hope because of Jesus Christ. The world around us is falling apart, but we have eternal life because of life through Jesus Christ. The Bible says this in 1 John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father hath given unto us, that we should be called the sons of God. I am a child of God because of Jesus Christ. 
if you too have received Jesus Christ as your savior, you are a child of the king, a child of a holy God. A familiar verse to most, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus Christ, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. We commune with Christ and we celebrate everlasting life through Jesus Christ. Thirdly, why do we celebrate communion? It is here that we are reminded of the cross. The cross levels all of us at the same place. Do you know this today? There's not a person better than anyone else in this room. We're all level at the foot of the cross. We're reminded that none of us deserve it, but all of us can have it. Look with me in verse number 17 of chapter 10 again. For we being many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. Aren't you so glad that there's not different levels? Aren't you glad that God's not a respecter of persons? Aren't you glad that God loves us all the same? My kids try to figure out who my wife's favorite is. We all have our opinion. But she tells us they're all the same. I said, no, really. The kids will all go away and I'll say, no, really, tell me, which one is your favorite? I just want to know. I think I know. I just want you to confirm it. And she says, no, I love them all the same. Isn't it amazing how a parent can have multiple children and love all of them the same. And that's how God feels towards you. It doesn't matter what your past is. God loves you. He loves you the same. It doesn't matter what what disgusting, horrible sin that you've ever committed. God loves you and he loves you all the same. We're all level at the foot of the cross. We're all needy sinners at the foot of the cross. We all have to have salvation the same way. It required the cross, the death of Jesus Christ, to be our sin payment. We're all equally in need of grace. Aren't you so glad for that? Aren't you so thankful for God's grace? None of us deserve it. We are equally, we're all equally recipients of a salvation that is unearned and undeserved. But because of God's grace, we have Jesus Christ. And we are communing with each other today because there is one Lord, there is one faith, there is one baptism, we are one body, there is one bread, and we possess one spirit. And here is where we celebrate our common eternal life. Today, we celebrate life and life everlasting through Jesus Christ. That encourages me today because you can't find that hope any other place. 
The world is looking for hope. The world is tragically spiraling out of control. Listen to me today. The government can't give you hope. The, the, the powers and the money and the, the finances and the riches of this world can't give you hope. Only Jesus can. And this is what we're reminded when we come to this table. We are reminded of the oneness that we have. And we're here to celebrate this eternal life, the oneness in the body of Christ. And this is where we are reminded of, of spiritual unity. Church ought to come together in oneness today, in unity, putting away petty differences, putting away our lust, putting away our desires in focusing upon one Christ, spiritual unity of loving one another, This morning, why do we have a couple stand that are newly married, a couple stand that are going to be married, a couple people stand who just buried the love of their lives? Because we're here to encourage one another. We're here to strengthen one another. We're the body of Christ. Satan will do everything he can to come in between you and your family. He wants to come in between every husband and wife, every child and parent, every church member to, to divide. But we're one body and we come together to remember what Christ did and show love one for another, experiencing true fellowship with one another. Sunday morning isn't just the one day of the week. We come and we have a religious experience. It's the time the family comes together. My son came into our room the other night. He was sitting on the end of our bed as we were talking. And I said, well, bud, another week, you're not going to be able to do this. said, you can get out of it now if you want. He said, I'd rather just have Sydney sitting here with us. I said, doesn't work that way, bud. You got to go. I said to him, I said, you having second thoughts? He said, no, not at all. I just don't want to leave home. <laughs> Over the last several weeks, I've noticed this this um, this mood in my wife and I'll say, what's going on? And she'll say, what do you mean what's going on? I said, what are you so unhappy about? She says, one of ours is leaving. I said, he's going like three miles away. <laughs> he's going to eat here every night, he said. I'm thinking 30 minute showers are gone. My water bill's going to go down. My electric bill's going to go down. My food bill's going to go down. Getting them off my car insurance. I mean, I'm thinking of all these wonderful things. And she's saying, but it's family. 
Oh, there's something wonderful about family, isn't it? It's wonderful when the body of Christ comes together, ministers to one another, serves one another, seeks peace with one another. I look up here today and I see teenagers playing and older adults playing and all different ages worshiping the Lord and leading us in worship. That's what a family ought to be doing. Every age is important to the body of Christ. Every generation is important because we come to seek peace with one another. We come to serve one another. We come to minister one another. And when we come to the Lord's table, it reminds us of the oneness and the unity we have because we are one body worshiping one Savior. Look with me in verse number 20 and 21 of chapter number 10. Paul gives a warning. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. Ye cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and cup of the devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Would you write this down, please, someplace? We come and this reminds us that our worship is singular. We worship no other God. We boldly proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. We boldly preach that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is not multiple ways to heaven. There is one way in his name is Jesus Christ. And we boldly proclaim that. We boldly proclaim God's word. Our worship is singular. You cannot come to this table of the Lord and worship the devil. You cannot come to this table of the Lord and worship the world. We are to live in the world, but not be of the world. Oh, listen to me. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, a, a, a fresh commitment to his lordship is what needs to be made today. Jesus Christ is Lord. Is he Lord of your life? We worship Christ alone. We confess him as Lord and no other. We're not just adding Jesus to our list of gods. We worship Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. And then I want you to do this. Fifthly, we do this to examine our hearts. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 28. <clears throat> the Bible says, but let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Examine your heart. This entire worship uh, service today has been designed for us to examine our heart. If you come to the Lord's table without a true evaluation, an honest evaluation of your own spiritual condition, you know what the Bible says? You will eat and drink damnation to yourself. Now hear me today, church. I know this is not popular preaching. 
I know we don't want to hear the, this type of thing. We want to hear good things. We want to hear wonderful things. We want to hear how, 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 how much God loves us. And he does. We've said all of these things. But I want to tell you what makes a difference between a church and just an entertainment group. We don't come here to be entertained. We come here to worship our Savior. We cannot come here and continue to live in sin and think that God winks at it. I think part of the the problem with the the Christian church today is we have just decided we're going to live how we want to live and then we'll worship when and how we want to worship. But I want you to know this today. If you are living in sin and you partake of this, you are bringing judgment upon yourself. It is time for Christians to denounce their sin, repent of their sin, and live for Jesus Christ. If you haven't noticed, we are living in a wicked world and they need to see the difference between a born-again believer in Christ and someone who's rejected Christ. They ought to be able to see the peace that we have. They ought to be able to see the contentment we have. They ought to be able to see the grace that is shown by God through us. We need to examine our hearts. We need to purify our hearts. When we come to the Lord's table, this should bring us to confession of sin, repentance, and a desire for purity. If you are here today and and, and you are living in sin, then I pray the Holy Spirit of God is convicting you right now. If the Spirit of God is convicting you, confess it. Repent of it. The value of coming to the Lord's table is a reminder for us to examine our lives and not continue in sin. Paul says, shall we continue in sin? God forbid. God forbid that it's not here in this church. God forbid if there's sin in your life that you will continue. There's got to be a place where you come, where the spirit of God moves, where the word of God preaches and sinners get right with God. This is done to get right with God. You know, we can't have a serious communion service if we're being entertained with sin and seeking sinful things of this world. God's judgment will come upon us. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 30, look there with me. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. It's in scripture Do we believe scripture? He says this, there's many that are weak, there's many that are sick, and many that have died because they have brought judgment upon themselves because they have come to this table unworthily. If you don't think that God is serious when his children sin, then you are mistaken. If you think that sin is something that can be played with and something that can be enjoyed by the children of God, then you have mistaken. God doesn't wink at sin. 
You can't have a serious service where we come to the Lord's table if we aren't convicted of sin. The chasing hand of God, this is serious business, church. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 26. Look there with me, if you would please, as well. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes or proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Write this down, number six. Why do we celebrate the Lord's table? Because we proclaim the cross. We preach Christ. We preach the cross. We proclaim the cross. This shows us what the body of Christ celebrates. Listen, we celebrate the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the cross. Yes, it's a it's a it's a, a discouraging thing to think about Jesus going and, and, and being beaten and bruised on the cross. But without the cross, there's no payment for our sin debt. Aren't you thankful for that today? Without the resurrection, there's no life everlasting. So this shows us what the body of Christ celebrates. We celebrate the cross. We confront sin in our lives today. Confront sin in your life. Don't celebrate sin. Confront it. This is how we proclaim what Christ did on the cross for you and for me. We're Christians. We're followers of Jesus Christ. And then lastly, look with me in Matthew 26, and I'm done as we prepare our hearts to receive these elements. Look with me in Matthew 26. I'm encouraged by this. Would you write this down? We anticipate the kingdom of God. Look, look with me in Matthew 26, verse 29. This is Jesus having this last supper. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew with you where? In my Father's kingdom. One day we're going to do this with Christ. One day, one day, Jesus Christ is going to sit with us and commune with us. Listen to me, even in heaven, we're going to be celebrating the cross. Even in heaven, we're going to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we get to heaven, Jesus says to his disciples, I'm doing this no more with you. This is the last time. But when you all come together with me, one more time we're going to be together. And oh, this encourages me today as I think about the events of this world, as I think about everything that's going on. It reminds me that everything is under God's authority. One day we are going to be in heaven celebrating this very thing with Jesus, our Savior. Heaven is coming soon. Don't despair, Christian. Don't quit, Christian. Listen to me, don't get discouraged. You say, but have you seen all the trouble around this world? Listen to me, look up, your redemption draweth nigh. Don't be troubled. Jesus speaking in John 14, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And remember Thomas says, Lord, how can we know the way? We don't even understand what you're saying. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the father, but by me. Heaven is real and heaven is sure and heaven is ours one day, and no one can take that from us, church. 
No one can. Don't be in despair. Don't be troubled. We're commanded to worry for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, making our request known unto God. Christ is coming again. One day we will see Jesus. I know life is difficult. I know life is hard. I know for some, we feel like we're just enduring till the end. But oh, listen to me today. Jesus Christ said here, you are going to do this with me in my father's kingdom one day. Let the world pass away. I'm seeing my Savior. Come what may to this world, we are celebrating the cross and the resurrection with Jesus Christ one day. Let's be encouraged, church. Let's not leave here discouraged. Let's leave here with hope, knowing that Jesus' promises are true. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.